I'm thankful <clears throat> to be with y'all here tonight. We've already been preached to. I ought to just sit down. <clears throat> I'm not, but I ought to. <laughs> I heard we got till midnight. I didn't hear the rest of that, so I'm going to take that. We, I'm kind of kind of in a straight. I got here late Friday night. Brother Chris flying in. We met at the airport together, went to his house. <clears throat> and we got in Brother Chris's car. We gonna be driving up to Brother Hollis's house. <clears throat> about on the way, Brother Chris started telling me about a sermon Brother David Crawford preached. Where was that at? In Felder? What he said is right there. I mean, for about 45 minutes, I hear all about this sermon Brother David preached on Romans 8 and 1. Brother David's a dear friend of mine. He's like, I love him more than I can express. Almost like a biological brother. I call me and Brother David's friendship. It's like a soap opera. <laughs> you can watch a soap opera and not watch it for 10 years and pick it up. It's right back. You're right back in it. <laughs> same storyline, same things going on. <clears throat> Erica's still messing up. <clears throat> Somebody dead, came back to life, and then it was her identical twin. You know all that. <laughs> That's me and Brother Dave. We don't see each other for 10 years. We just pick it right back up. Still love him. I was glad to hear about that sermon he preached. And man, I tell you, Brother Chris, he's, he's apy over this sermon, just telling me all about it. I was kind of glad we finally pulled up to Brother Hollis's house. I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> and we get back in the car, going back to his house. Here he goes again. <clears throat> oh, that sermon. Romans 8 and 1, bore that on that now. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's right. You weren't there. <laughs> you didn't hear it. Let me tell you more about it. Man, I'm standing here this afternoon. I was minding my own business. Wasn't hurting anybody. Standing there in the kitchen. Yeah, here he comes. Here comes Brother Dave coming in. Ah, oh, my dear friend. My brother. <laughs> Let's pick it right up where we started, left off, right back. Okay, we did. We greet each other. We express our love. He, he looks over there. He said, let's go get some of that speckled perch. I said, I thought we was having catfish tonight. Well, what are you talking about, speckled perch? Never heard of that before. I guess that's what y'all call catfish in Florida. Well, you just call it, I mean, that's, we call it catfish in Texas. Purchase something else. But anyway, we get a plate of speckled perch. Sit down, table, thought we was going to have a good talk. Oh, man, here we go again. We're going to talk about Romans 8 and 1. Boy, that sermon. You know what's more frustrating than hearing about a sermon you weren't there? That's frustrating. You know what's more frustrating? 
is when you came from Texas all the way there, and that's the sermon you had to preach on. That's the sermon I had. That's the mess. That's the verse I had. I came. I got on a Southwest Airlines with Romans eight and one. I stepped off with Romans eight and one, and then I got my nose rubbed in the Romans eight and one. That must have been one Jim Dandy of a sermon. Wish I was there. I guess I was. I was almost in the Amen corner. Hearing about it so much. So. Hush up. You hush up. I was his pastor. I can tell him that. Trying to steal my thunder again, are you? So with all that's in me is. I'm ready to preach on Romans 8 and 1 to you tonight. <laughs> That's right, silver and gold, brother, brother Dave. Silver and gold have I not. But I got that such as I have. Y'all know where Romans 8 is, do you? I used to think that was the only chapter in the book of Romans. That's all I ever heard growing up was on Romans 8. And I figured out, well, there's a book of Romans, and then there's a book of Romans 8. <laughs> Thought they was two separate books, and I found out, no, they're the same book. They're all in there together. Well, it's right after chapter 7, right before chapter 9. I didn't know that there's any text in those other chapters, but that's all I heard. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be nice if I sat down right now? <laughs> Don't amen that one. <laughs> no amen, yet. I'll tell you an amen. As our beloved brother David Crawford, my dear friend who I love as a brother, preached to them over there at, out yonder. <laughs> here, here it goes. Here's what he preached on, y'all. Now that I got your attention. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, the theme is what I call eternal security. You can also call it final preservation. Same thing. I like eternal security. I like to hear it, I like to call it that because that's exactly what it is. It means our salvation is secure in Jesus Christ to the final end, shall never be taken away. We are preserved in Christ. I like Romans 8 and 1 because it's the end of a thought and the beginning of a thought. He's finishing a thought. He began in Romans chapter 7. And then he's taken up the thought and the theme of eternal security. The theme in Romans chapter 7 is what I would call depravity. Paul's confession of his depravity. And Paul's frustration at his inability to do what he wanted in the service of the Lord Jesus Christ. His futility at his own determination to live a righteous life before Christ in the world. As he considered himself and saw his sin nature 
He said, when I would do good. He said, this is a law. I, I see a law. It's law in me. I see this law. What's that law? When I would do good, evil is present with me. Then he said, I, I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law of my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. <laughs> oh, that's tough. I love the Lord. Paul said, I delight in the law of God. But there's something that's within me that circumvents that and wins that battle and I fall every single time. And he finally, he concluded his statement on himself. Oh, wretched man that I am. He could have said, oh, wretched man that I was. Was he a wretched man when he held the cloaks of those who put Stephen to death, consented to his death? Was he a wretched man when he put men and women in prison and tortured them for believing in Christ? And force some under torture to blaspheme the very righteous name of Jesus Christ. And then he wasn't finished. He put them to death. He said, I, I, I forced them to come blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. And when I put them to death. Now, he was a wretched man. Said he breathed out threatenings and slaughter. Just as we would breathe and take in air, it was nature to Paul yeah. to destroy the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and to stamp out anyone who believed in him. Paul hated the Lord Jesus Christ. And on his way to Damascus with letters of arrest going 150 miles from Jerusalem to Damascus. As I like to say, God is a God of irony. <laughs> Said when he came within Damascus. I like to think that he made Paul walk 149 miles just to make him change his mind. And he did not on the first mile. He can see the skyline of Damascus. Here we go. Got the letters of arrest. Probably checked them out. There they are. Got them out there. And all of a sudden, boom. There's the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul. Saul. Why persecutest thou me? I thought he's persecuting the church. You touch the church. You touch the Lord. 
You bless the church, you bless the Lord. You're in the spirit here, you're with the Lord. You're in the spirit on the Lord's day, amen, you're with the Lord. Because he's in the midst of the congregation. He's in the midst of the church. Singing praises to God the Father. We're singing with Christ. That's why when two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst of them. Why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. You're in rebellion. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. What wilt thou have me to do? That's a good question to ask. You know how good that question is? That question is so good that the Bible answered it before the question was ever asked. Because in the very first miracle, the answer to the unasked question is given when Mary said, whatever he saith unto you to do, do it. He said, arise. Go to the street that is called Straight. Y'all know what happens on Straight Street? You get straightened out. <laughs> Y'all ever been to Straight Street? I have. <laughs> been there a lot of times. There are times I thought, ah, we all need to change the old Baptist church. <laughs> he sent me to Straight Street. I got straightened out. <laughs> Wasn't the church that needed straightening out. It was Brother Dave that needed straightening out. He apply, he, yeah, you talk about kicking against those pricks. He'll take those pricks and apply them where it hurts. That's what happens on straight streets. He gets a straight stick and he hits you with it. <laughs> he don't spare the rod there on straight street. All got straightened out. And he went to old brother Ananias, elder Ananias. He tells Ananias, Ah, you get on down there, you go down the straight street. <laughs> Why? I want you to preach the Saul. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, I heard of this man. I heard of this man. I heard, you know, like we're going to tell the Lord something. Like we're going to let the Lord in on a little secret. Like, like he doesn't know. He said, you go your way. He's a chosen vessel. I'm going to show him what things he must suffer for my name's sake. For behold, he prayed. That's all it took. Ananias comes to straight street where Saul is. I like the first thing Ananias said. Brother Saul. Brother Saul. I hope we old Baptists get over being too chummy with each other. You know what I mean by that? I'll tell you. I've been to some places. They say we're going to get Dave up here to preach. I don't like that. I don't like it. You missed my first name. My first name is not Dave, it's Brother. Brother David. Brother and sister, we're a family. I like to be reminded of that. When you call me Brother David, you remind me I'm in the family of Christ. This is not a social club. This is not a workplace. This is the house of God. Brother Saul. 
Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Was he a wretched man on straight street? Yes, he was. And he's still a wretched man. Oh, wretched man that I am. You know, you read in the book of John, Christ had seven statements where he began with I am. Right? I am bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the vine. I am the door. Here's our I am. Y'all wanted I am? Here it is. Oh, wretched man that I am. There you go. How's that for your self-esteem? And ain't what we're here for, my beloved. We're here to preach the truth. If you want to know how wonderful your Savior is, you've got to know how badly you needed him. You've got to know how wretched you are. Some folks' grace isn't amazing. I was sick one time, didn't go to work. Sick at home all by myself. I got up, sat down, watched daytime television. You know what they're doing in hell right now? They're watching daytime television. That's what they're doing. Man, I tell you what, you want to feel worse? Turn that stuff on. I said, I turned it on to Mike Douglas. That Lord said, Oh, I know you're sick, but I want you to watch Mike Douglas today. <laughs> I watched Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas had a good show on. He's talking about that hymn, Amazing Grace. That ought to be good. And he had an old missionary Baptist preacher on there. I think that guy was a primitive Baptist. Because I agree with everything he said. But Mike Douglas gets up there in his pomp and all his show, and all his Hollywood, and he says, I don't like that song, Amazing Grace, because it says I'm a wretch, and I am not a wretch. That missionary Baptist preacher said, well, then that, then that song is not for you. Amen. And grace is not amazing. Amen. You, that what, that's what makes grace amazing, that it saves a wretch like me. You can't plumb the death of our depravity, my friend. Neither can we understand the, the extent and the greatness of God's amazing grace. All we can say is, oh, wretched man that I am, but my friends, wait a minute now, hold on. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Is there deliverance? Death of mercy, can it be mercy still reserved for me? Is there a good, is there a happy end to this story of depravity? Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? When you get there, let's read the next verse. I thank my Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's how you're saved. That's there's where the grace comes from. There's the fountainhead of mercy, of love, of redemption. It's your all in all. Everything you need is in Christ Jesus. Without him... There is no happy end. This is the best you've got. But with Christ, you hadn't had your best day yet. You may have had some good days, but you had not had your best day. They may have had a good meeting when Brother Dave preached that good sermon. But that wasn't the best day they were ever going to have. That's not the best meeting ever. That best meeting is yet to come, my beloved friends. 
I thank my Lord through Jesus, my God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. He's not finished yet. He's got to end this thought. There is therefore now. Now may I bear, can I borrow that word from you, my friend? <coughs> it's his, but I'm going to steal it from him. You know why I like that word now? Because it's always now. It's never not now. I'd always ask my mom, can I have a treat? She'd always say, not now. I never got it. You know why? It was, it was, all, it was never not now. If it's not now, it's never not now. Right? Because it's always now. That means to tell me, that tells me this. We cannot fall out of his redemption. It is always applied. It is always there. It is always in his sight. It is always present. It is always active. It will not be canceled. It cannot be, it cannot be stolen, taken away from you. You can't lose it. You can't send your way out of it. Why would you want to anyway? Why would we not rejoice and be thankful for that? Because that now is always now. And there is never, ever any condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus because of that now. Wherever in his love, in his love, in his sight. You know why? Because we are in Christ. I like that word. I like that phrase. That is, well, that is what they call a prepositional phrase. Now, I want you little kids to pay attention. You pay attention, Brother Britt? All right, you better. I'll get on to you. I saw you looking aside a while ago. <laughs> Sister Ruth, all right, all right, you better, you better. I'll embarrass the rest of y'all. How many of y'all loved grammar when you was in school? <laughs> you was a glutton for punishment if you did. <laughs> Something wrong with you. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't start paying attention to grammar until I was 45 years old. <laughs> in Christ. Well, I remember my grammar teacher, Mrs. Donahue. She'd say, preposition, preposition, preposition. Hmm. Pre, preposition, preposition. You know what? That sounds like election to me. <laughs> we were pre-chosen, pre-elected. We are pre-positioned in Christ, right? This is not conditional. It's positional. It's prepositional, right? <clears throat> if you're in Christ. There is always now no condemnation. Amen. Now, how do you get to be in Christ? Well, I just told you. <laughs> We're positioned in Christ. Well, I still want some, I want some more on that. All right, how about elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father? <clears throat> how about that? How about chosen in him? Chosen in him. When was that? Before the foundation of the world. We were placed in Christ, positioned in Christ. We are in him. He is in us. We're never going to be out of Christ. Therefore, it is always now. Therefore, there is no condemnation because you were placed 
in Christ before the foundation of the world, you, according to what Paul would say in the rest of Romans chapter 8, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You can think of anything, things past, things present, things to come, nor anything shall be able. They can't separate us. They're not able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Therefore, my beloved friends, I submit to you that our salvation is final and is complete through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's what I say. Make it final to you. Make it complete to you. Understand it. Believe it. Confess it. Accept it. Join the church. Get baptized. It'll, be, it'll get better. Sit at the master's table. Dine. Put on those garments that our brother preached to us about. Put your guard. Put on the full armor of God. Stand with God's people. Rejoice in the Savior's love. Because that Savior's love is always right now. It, it's, a good, it's, it's good for right now because it's always right now. So it's always good. It's, this is a good way to end the year. It's a good way to start the year. Because to hear about our Lord Jesus Christ who died for such vile, wretched, bankrupt sinners like us. Therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walks not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That tells me, that tells me that everybody in Christ is going to walk after the Spirit. You know what? They may not even know it. They don't go looking for it. They don't go find it. They don't go to the Spirit store and find it, get it, purchase it. They don't have it on the dashboard of their car. They don't, have, they don't lose it. Like Brother Chris, he lost his glasses. I'm glad, I'm glad he didn't lose his preservation. I'm glad, I'm glad it's not, we've got to keep up with it. We've got to maintain it. I'm glad there's no warranty. I, don't, I am glad, my friends, that there's no thing we've got to mail in to make all this complete. It's already complete. It's final and to finish in the eyes of God. He said it is finished. It's still finished. It will always be finished. And if you don't believe me, then, I'll, then, then you'll agree with me up yonder in glory. And up there, I'll say, I told you so. Because <laughs> heaven is a great big, I told you so. <laughs> and we're, gonna, we're all going to believe the same way. And we're all going to believe what this Bible says. And we're all going to worship him as we are. I'm going to worship my Lord better when I get up there than I've ever done here in this world. I can't wait till that day happens. I long for that day because I am not satisfied with my ministry. I am not satisfied with what I've offered him, it's, 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 it, it fails in the, in the greatness of my Lord, in his purity, in the love that he's done for me, so much more than I could ever say or do, and that I come like old brother David, you came all the way to Florida, oh, aren't you so good? Well, big deal. He came all the way from heaven down here. Brother Dave, you came all the way to Florida. That's right. I got the brisket at Brother Hollis's. I got the speckled, speckled, speckled perch, perch, thank you. That's another fish. <laughs> I got a speckled perch tonight. <clears throat> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, good grief. I've been royally treated like a king since I've been here. He came down here to be despised and rejected of men. I, I got to sleep in a nice bed. He had nowhere to lay his head. I've had people say that I'm praying for me. He had people spit on him. I had people shake my hand. He had people strike him with their fists. <laughs> I had people say, I love you. He had people place a crown of thorns and dug it into his, to his head. Amen. Y'all pray for me. They nailed him to a cross. 
But having loved his own, he loved them to the end. He loved you on your worst day. He loved you when you didn't love him. You love him because he first loved you. He loved you when you didn't give one thought to him and his church. And the fact that we're here tonight, call each other brother and sister. The fact that we feel that love toward each other is a demonstration of his love toward us. Why aren't y'all the happiest you've ever been? (laughs) Well, I will be when you finally get finished. (laughs) I know our Lord said it is finished. I don't think we could ever finish telling that story. But I'm going to, I hope to God that I can spend my life trying and being with God's people. Because as he said, did did he get the, did you get the chapter two in that great sermon? You didn't get verse two, did you? Of course, of course you did. Well, then I'll do it too. And I'll end with this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, uh, we, we're, we're folks who are still trying to secure their salvation, they're still in bondage. They say free grace, but they don't really know. What a glorious liberty. What a wonderful day it was when we first understood the gospel for the first time. And I didn't see anything of me. I just saw all the Lord. I was raised in the old Baptist church. We go back primitive Baptist and my mother's family as far back as we can trace. My grandfather and great-grandfather and father were preachers. I've got two brothers that are preachers. I was five days old when my parents carried me to Bethel Primitive Baptist Church in McMahon, Texas. We'd have meetings at our house. We'd come over, preachers come over. I was around preachers so much I couldn't stand them. They took my bed. ate all the food, made me listen to what they had to say, and then they got a check. <laughs> I got nothing. I thought, when I got older, I'm going to leave this. I'm not going to be a part of this. And I heard a sermon by Elder Charles Sandage about our Lord. Charles Sanders, Darlington, Arkansas. I never knew Brother Charles, never met him before. And he preached a sermon on Christ. And it's like Saul, the scales fell from my eyes. And I loved the Lord from then on. I joined the old Baptist church right after that. Never looked back. I love 
the primitive Baptist. And I hate and I hope that I die a primitive Baptist. I hope I die in the full triumph of faith. But I thank you and I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. Remember that I love you. Don't forget Brother Dave. Next, you don't have to have a fish fry next time I come. But if you do, that'll be all right. That'll be just right. That'll be just fine. I would like to try some of that peach cobbler I've been hearing about. If that would be fine, this will be the year he doesn't do it. <clears throat> That's all right. We've already had, we've already sat at the master's table, and we've been blessed. God bless you is my prayer. Thank you.